Now, obviously, nowadays, you get digital stations in cars as standard, but back then, it was almost unheard of to hear rock music on the radio. Just being able to tune in and listen. It's unheard of. So hello everyone and welcome back to my music memories. Now today I'm going to be delving into a whole bunch of them actually. I'm going to be discussing how I came into a whole bunch of bands. They're bands that I listen to so much on a regular basis every day and most of them very most of them, you never hear in the UK. You just don't hear them in the UK. Now, I know there are going to be some people that say, oh, but, but blah, blah, blah was, was played on such and such at this specific date. Yet, you might be able to pick out when one band was played here or one was played there. But, I'm talking about the songs that allowed me to discover the bands that I heard through this specific thing allowed me to then listen to the bands and get to know them. Most of these bands I never hear on UK radios, on UK radio stations, obviously, because you don't normally hear rock music on them anyway. But even on the rock stations, for the la- uh, in the last year of my memory, I've only really heard one of these bands, and it wasn't even the most successful song by that band. So, and, and that was only this week. Um, so it's one of those things that had I not have known this band when that music when that song was played, there's a chance like that wouldn't have compelled me to be like, oh, who was that? I might go look them up. I may have. It's doubtful. And let's say it did. Let's say that last week, when that one song was played, I would have listened to the band and got into them because of that one song that was played. I originally heard them back in 2006. And they are one of my all-time favourite bands ever. So you're telling me I would never have heard of them between 2006 and now had I not heard it when I did. Because I've never seen them or heard them anywhere on the radio or anything along those lines. So, you know, it's a big deal. This thing is a big deal for me. And I am going to discuss kind of how it all came about. So, I am going to talk about today a radio station. Now, this radio station is still active and going very strong. It is based in Orlando, Florida. And it is called WJRR Real Rock. 1011 is where you can find it. 101.1. And it is, as the name suggests... A rock radio station. 
for a while now, you wouldn't have been able to have listened to this station unless you were in the US. But with VPNs being a much bigger thing now, you can pretend that you're in America and listen to the station. So go and have a listen. Go and have a listen. I love them. I still listen occasionally, depending on how I feel. And this whole thing came about when I was around the age of 13, I would say, roughly. Now, as a family, obviously I've spoken about my brother, and I have mentioned my sister. Those are my siblings. So there are five of us in total. And when I was 13, my parents said said to us, we are going to go on a big family holiday. Because we were all at the age where we would enjoy it and remember it a little bit at least. So everyone in the UK goes predominantly to one of two holidays. Either Spain or Orlando. What would we all like to do? Now, when you look at what is in Spain, it is predominantly more of a sun type holiday with a few theme parks and water parks but it's more of a kind of a relaxy beachy type thing from what I can gather when we looked into Florida and we could see Disney Universal and SeaWorld and Busch Gardens we were like yeah you can stop counting that's where we want to go we were kids why would we pick anywhere else so we went And we had what was probably one of the best holidays we have ever had. It was unbelievable. It was so much fun. And I think as much as we enjoy Florida now, it's much more fun when you're a kid. Because that's what it's designed for. And it's designed, trust me. Um, But we enjoyed it so much that we pretty much went back every other year. Occasionally we went back every year. We went back like two years in a row. But for the most part, we went back every other year. And I've I've been about 12, 13 times. And then there were some health issues and we stopped going. And we didn't go for like six years. And then we went back about three years ago. And we were going to go back last year. And obviously that didn't happen. So now we're on on hold, as most of the world is right now. Um, But that's the place we're looking forward to going to the most. When everything opens up. But we went there when I was around 13. So we went, we enjoyed. I saw, the, the thing I remember most about that Florida specifically was I watched, we were, obviously we have the TV on in our hotel room and we're flicking around and Buffy was on. Now, I was big into Buffy at this point. Why wouldn't I be? Most people were. And I was like, oh yeah, let's watch it. I had no concept of the idea of different seasons or the fact that, especially back then, the the English TV channels would get shows from America like a year after they'd been aired. So you're a good season behind. I was a good, like, two or three seasons into Buffy at this point. And the episode started, and Buffy wakes up her sister, 
she didn't have a sister. And everyone in the episode was acting as though Buffy had this sister that didn't exist. And it was blowing my mind. I could not work out what was going on. How the mother believed that she had two daughters. And I just, I just didn't get it. I couldn't get it. And then at the end of the episode, that happened to be the episode that explained who she was. And then it all made sense to me. But then when I went back, I had this big spoiler that no one was going to see for like a year. So I, I, I love that. That was so much fun. But when we went back, two years after that, I was such in the throes of being the music man that I was. Just music was absolutely everything so much so that when we arrived in florida we picked up the car i was like we are gonna be in the car a lot can i pick the stations and my dad was like yeah when we get back to our accommodation and then put this in and when we got there everyone got out and started to unpack the car i got into the front and started going through the radio station to see what I could find. Now, in that trip specifically, I found two stations that are 100% our go-to stations for Florida every single time that we went from that trip all the way to now. Now, one of them was Real Rock because obviously I was flicking around and suddenly I came across a rock song. Now, you don't get rock songs on the radio. In the UK, you definitely, back then, didn't get rock songs on the radio. Not to this level. Like Metallica and Iron Maiden and like actual rock bands. So I immediately just put them on, on the memory so that we had that to listen to. The other one... Now, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to my Burning Heart podcast. That will very much explain what the second station that I found. It is 98.9 WMMO, Soft Rock and Roll. And it is, it's basically classic rock. It is the perfect station to listen to when you are driving home at, at night and it's dark you're going from one of the parks having watched let's say the fireworks at Disney you've waited and all the kids are knackered because you've been running around the parks all day and then you see the fireworks and then you get them all back into the car and you're driving back to your hotel or villa put 98.9 WMMO that is the perfect station for night driving it's classic rock it's such good ballads it's excellent music but that's all i'm going to mention with them because that's not who i'm talking here to talk about <laughs> but they're definitely one you should go listen to so we had these two stations and i would predominantly have it on real rock because for anyone who hasn't been to florida specifically orlando a lot of the time the villas, more than the hotels, they are quite a distance out from any of the main attractions. So in the morning and the evening, you have at least an hour drive 
to get from any of the attractions back to your home or in the mornings from your home to the attractions. And then during the day, you're in wherever you're going, so technically you won't listen to the radio then. So that was the bulk of when I would listen to them. It was their morning shows, and it was their drive time, I would say. The reason I'm specifying this is because with most radio stations, they have good DJs, they have so-so DJs, and then they have DJs who are amazing. Now, having never worked at a radio station, I don't know exactly how much the DJ has a say in the music that is played. I don't know whether there's like a playlist generated for them and they just announce the music and do the banter in between or whether they actually get to choose the music that's being played. I don't really know the depths of kind of how far they can go with what they do. But there definitely seems to be a difference in the music that's played between certain DJs. And I can say that specifically when it comes to like the UK station Kerrang. There are definitely one or two DJs that specifically stand out for me. Um, as, as an example, there is a band called Billy Talent. Now, if you're listening to this and you like rock music, you probably know who Billy Talent are. I'm not the biggest fan of Billy Talent. Not really. For me, I just feel like his voice, when he sings really kind of somewhat crazy, it's just a little bit too much for me. However, there are some songs where he doesn't do that type of singing, and they are fantastic. The, the, the songs that I do specifically like of theirs is Diamond on a Landmine, Rusted from the Rain, uh, the more somewhat more recent song, um, Afraid of Heights. I really like those style of songs. If you listen to those songs, those are the ones I like. The other songs not the biggest fan of necessarily they're fine I'll, I'll put up with them but you know not the biggest fan when i hear billy talent on kerrang it will tend to be try honesty devil in the midnight mass river below it's those kind of songs really not for me however when sophie k in the morning or John Mahon, directly after, play Billy Talent, it will more or likely be something that I would rather listen to, like Diamond on a Landmine or Falling Leaves. It would be one of those songs. And it just, it just always feels like, when it comes to specific DJs, I mean, I've mentioned two already, on Kerrang! specifically, Sophie K does the morning show, and she is directly followed by John Mahon. They are the best DJs on that station. Now, I'm sure there are going to be people that disagree. For me, they are the best. They always seem to play the bands that I like, but more frequently the songs that I prefer from those bands. When 
if I put Kerrang on during the day or on the way home or just when I'm out and about and it's a DJ that I'm not as familiar with or there's no DJ, then there's a chance that it will just be a song I don't like. So I think the DJs can make a difference. In Real Rock's case, the DJ that was specifically on the morning shift for most of the times that we were there was Pat Lynch and Taco Bob. Now they, I believe, were followed by Mel. And they were the people that we would listen to in the morning, every single morning. They were brilliant because, like I said, we would get Stained, we would get Limp Biscuit, Metallica, just all the bands that I want to hear, but normally you never get on a radio station. And you know, it's actually funny because I am talking about the early 2000s when we when we were going on a very regular basis. I have just looked up the DJ lineup for Real Rock right now. And Pat Lynch and Taco Bob do the morning show and Mel Taylor is directly on afterwards. So it feels like they're still going strong. Now, I'm pretty sure Lynch and Taco as they go by now, they weren't here for a while because I remember there being like a campaign to bring them back for the morning show. I think, again, I'm, I'm not going to look into it, but I'm pretty sure there was a, a, a moment of one was got rid of and the other one left and then people wanted them to come back. I might be making that up. But being in the UK, if I put the radio station on i'd say about four in the afternoon i get them because of the time difference so for me i can listen to them even easier over here than i can do over in florida but they are seriously good really great rock station if anyone ever says to me oh i work and i can have radio on what would you suggest i would always say kerrang first because they're British, and I want to support British, always. However, if they listen to Kerrang, and they just want a bit of a change to see if, you know, then this is the next station I give them, especially with VPNs now, because there, there was years that I couldn't listen to it, and I wasn't listening to Kerrang at that point, which I'll go into when I get to it. But that is the station in question. Now... 2000 and now the thing with this station was it, again I, it happened a lot back then I don't know that it was a thing that happens now as much but basically a lot of the rock bands would release stuff in America first try to get traction and grounding in America then, if they were more successful, they would then move across and try to come to the UK. And what that meant was, there have been a whole bunch of times when I've been in Florida, or just listening to that station over here, and they've played some new track by a new band, which have then gone on to be some big artist. Now... 
when I say big artist, I mean at that time. Um, even some of these people that I consider to be big, even now, they're not in the UK. Again, I... One, two, three, four, five. I'm going to be talking about five bands specifically that I heard at, at, on Real Rock. And four of them, I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever heard them played on UK radio. And that includes Kerrang. I don't think I've ever heard them played. Now, I've only been listening to Kerrang for, I would say, four or five years. So there's a chance that they may have been played before when these songs were around. I don't know. But Kerrang was harder to listen to back then. <laughs> I mean, you know, digital radios are much more frequent now. But let's get to it. Let's start talking about some of these bands. So, the first band for me, the first year for me, when I know for a fact I specifically heard albums that introduced me to bands, was 2003. I would have been 22, if I've done my math correct there. And this year was a bit of a special year because I specifically discovered two bands that year. Now, I say discovered. One, I had heard of, but I did not like. And one were brand new. Absolutely brand new. I'm going to just do a little caveat here. Most of the bands that I am going to talk about, well, over half, over half of the bands that I'm going to talk about, three, okay, three of the bands that I'm going to talk about are no longer around in a form that I like. And that is going to partly have a discussion about what makes a band the band. What is it? But we'll go into that when we get to it. So the first one was a band called Cold. Now, we got there and they were talking about this new act. They were talking about this new album coming from this band that they had that they had, had moderate success previously, but that they were looking to really break through with this album and that they'd had a preview and it sounded excellent and people were really going to like this. And that they'll play it a little bit later in the show. And I was thinking to myself, now, I can't pinpoint a song. I don't know that I'd heard of a song by cold at that point. But I knew I didn't like them. They were, should we say, heavier than the music I tended to listen to, or I perceived them to be heavier. I must have read them in a book or a magazine and and was like, mm, no, they're not really for me. There's a chance I might have I might have seen them on the Kerrang TV. On Kerrang. There's a chance I might have seen them on Kerrang TV, perhaps. But all I knew was that I did not like them. 
so I wasn't having any of it at all. And when they eventually got round to it, they played the song Stupid Girl. And me and my brother were hooked. And it's one of those things. A lot of these people, what we tended to do was we would hear the song. It would be played quite a lot, like every hour or so. Every DJ would play it at least once because it was a big new song on their on their playlist. We would like it. So the very first opportunity we had, we would go to a shop, buy the album, put the album on in the car, and then that album would be the music for that holiday. And this year, we had two. We had two albums that we would swap out, and The Year of the Spider by Cold was one of them. It's such a good rock album. I... I'm still not a fan of their earlier stuff, but I love that. I love the the stuff they did after that. That album, Suffocate, Stupid Girl, it's such a good. It's just so good. It's so good. Um, and again, and whenever I hear any song from that album, it automatically takes me back to being in Florida because that was one of the CDs we just had on repeat while we were in the car and <laughs> it was so good now as much as i liked them they were definitely much more of my brother's band still are really i love playing them i love listening to them i actually have a playlist that i listen to called night sad and it involves in fact four of them four of the bands that i'm going to be talking about today all but one so <laughs> Um, and I listen to it a lot of nights. It's it's just really good kind of ballady rock, but that's got a, like a sad undertone. And for example, off of this album specifically on that playlist, I have Don't Belong, Wasted Years, Sad Happy, Rain Song, and Black Sunday. I love it. I love that album. And again, because it takes me back to Florida, I love it. But... They're definitely more my brother's band than me. The other band that we heard this year, they were a brand new band. They had never released anything before. They, when we arrived, I remember specifically when we arrived in Florida, the album hadn't even been released yet. And they were playing their first single, I Hate Everything About You. And, oh my God, it spoke to me so much. They spoke to me. If I'm being honest, of all the bands that I'm going to talk about now, these are the band I think I am the most sad about. Of everything that have happened. But we will get there. Because their first album, self-titled, Three Days Grace, is an amazing album. It's such a good album there are some fantastic songs on there the two songs that are on my night sad playlist from this album specifically is now or never and wake up and whereas cold were my brother's band three days grace were my band i adored this album 
And again, I had to wait until close to the end of the holiday to pick it up because it, it wasn't actually out and it kind of was released in the middle of the trip. So I immediately bought it. Absolutely loved it. And I, I mean, Cold might be played occasionally, I just don't hear it. It's definitely not a band I hear in the UK. Three Days Grace, I never hear. I've never heard, ever. And if I had not have heard that album in Florida, I wouldn't know the band existed. I genuinely wouldn't know. Because how else would I know they existed? I only... The only knowledge I have of that band are through hearing them in Florida and buying the album while I was there. There, there would be no reference, no trace of them here at all. Except one moment, which may have been a saving grace had I not have seen them in Florida. Now, whilst we were in Florida in 2003... The station were talking about Defiance, which was a tattoo parlour. It was uh, kind of in the centre of Kissimmee. And they were going to be doing this big deal where some of the some of the DJs were going to be at Defiance. They were going to be uh, playing music live from there. And you were going to get to meet them. They were going to even have a couple of bands turn up, I think, it was what was going to happen. You can come down, say hi, get some merch, all of this kind of stuff. It's going to be a fun day. Now, we were talking about it because both me and my brother wanted tattoos. And we didn't necessarily want to get them there. Because we weren't sure about getting them wet in the water parks or even come and flying home. How would that work? Would it be an issue? We didn't, we didn't want to risk anything. But we thought we could go and have a look. And as a family, we, we were like, yeah. We can go and have a look. Why not? We'll go. We'll see. We'll meet some of the people and it'll be a fun day. Yeah, it was weird. First of all, it was weird. Um, secondly, there was no reason for us to be there. Not really. It did, however, give me an amazing moment. So, what happened was, we had, this, had the radio on and we could hear that they'd been there for a few hours. And they were, you know, talking about that they were here and that there were people here. And if you wanted to get a, a tattoo that you could get a discount and you can just talk through your ideas and they'll see what they can do, all of this kind of stuff. And we were like, okay, well, let's go down now. So we, so we wandered up, drove, we knew where Defiance was because at that point I know where most of the shops in Orlando was, still do really. So we pulled in and we looked around and we were like, nah, this is weird, there's not a massive amount of people here. Of the people that are here, we don't really fit in because we're a family. And these people just look like kind of mid-twenties people that are on their way to a concert or getting a tattoo. We're a family. We don't really kind of feel like we there's anything to do here. So we kind of wandered over. We were saying hi to a bunch of people. We, we explained how we knew them, kind of how we had picked them up and the fact that we listened to them all the time. And that, at, that, at this point, I was even listening to them when we got home whenever I could. 
and they were like, oh, that's fantastic. That's, you know, it's really great to have fans, blah, blah, blah. Here, what size are you? You can have a T-shirt. And they gave me a T-shirt. And it was a Rue Rock 101.1 T-shirt. And I was like, fantastic. Okay, bye. And we just were like, let's go, let's go. It was, it was a bit weird. But, you know, I got to meet someone. I couldn't even tell you who it was I met. But we met someone and I got a T-shirt. When we came home, I was telling everyone I could about Three Days Grace and how great their self-titled album was. I managed to look them up and discovered that they were going to be playing in London at the Barfly. And now, that's in Camden. And if you haven't heard of the Barfly, it is essentially a music venue above a bar that's literally it it is a small bar with a hall above it where you can all stand it literally fits about 150 people of all the times that i've been there we have stood at the front of most of the concerts and i feel like I am standing in the pockets of the guy on stage because they are right there in front of me. So I, 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 at this point, I don't think I'd actually ever been to the Barfly. This was the first time I had been. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where it was. I went wandering in. I went wandering up the road to where I thought it was, but couldn't find it. Came back, couldn't see it, because the bar had a name. As, as, in, as in Britain, most pubs have got names. So I couldn't find where it was. I eventually discovered that it was this pub, and it was the room above the pub. Now, because it's a pub, it wasn't open. So I stood and on the doorstep and just waited. Because as always, I was there at about 11 o'clock. So I just stood there waiting. At about two-ish, the band turned up, came up to me, and were like, hi, um, we're here for tonight. And I was kind of like, yeah, uh, no, I'm just, I'm waiting for, for, the, for the gig. It's that door just there. And it was like, it was about six foot away. And I was at that door there, because I'd seen people going in and out, because they were obviously getting ready to set up to open. So I was like, yeah, it's just in there. They were like, okay, cool. Wandered off. And I just thought to myself, that was them. I just I just spoke to the band. <gasps> I wonder if I could get like an autograph or something. I mean, they've gone now. But that was them. I've never, I mean, you know, this was 2003 when I hadn't really been to smaller concerts. And the ones that I had been to, I hadn't ever, I'd never been that close or that much of an option of of meeting the band so i was really excited and by this time i was texting my brother the fact that it was a pub and that and now that i'd met the band so it was really fun and i was really excited and then the queue got a tad bit bigger but not much they opened the doors we all sat around in the pub until time and then the, the main doors opened and we showed our tickets, went upstairs and they performed. They did almost all of their self-titled album. They were 
fantastic. They put on a fantastically great show. It was it was just a even though it was a tiny tiny venue, it was a full-on proper rock performance in which they put their all into every song. And it was fantastic. We then came downstairs and they said that they were going to be downstairs so pop by and say hi and we were like okay cool not a problem went downstairs by this time i'd taken my jacket off because it was hot as hell so i just had my real rock t-shirt on and i was kind of like okay right i'll get in the queue and um i'll get in I'll, i'll go up and i'll get him to sign the album cover for me because what I did was, if, if if I felt that there was any hope that I might see the band, I would take the sleeve out of the CD, the album cover. Whereas if I didn't know, but there was a chance, then they would sign the ticket that I physically had on me. And hope that when they actually use the ticket to get in, they don't take it or rip it in half. Because <laughs> sometimes that has happened. So I'm in the queue... And I walk up, I get to the front, where the lead singer, Adam Grontier, I'm not sure if I've pronounced that correct, in fact I'm pretty sure I haven't, but the lead singer, at the time, saw my t-shirt, and was immediately like, oh, hey, are you guys from Real Rock? Because we love your station, you play us all the time. Um, thank you. And I was kind of like, no, 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 I'm, I'm British. And he got very confused. Which made me confused, because he was in England, he was in London. But I was like, yeah, no, um, obviously they did this thing, and we, I was able to get the t-shirt, so I'm, I'm wearing it all the time. And obviously, yes, I heard it over there, so that was how I dis- discovered you kind of thing. He was amazed that I knew who he was as a band, not him personally, obviously. Because he said, every single person that is at this gig today... They are record label execs, they are family, they are friends who have all come over from America to see them perform. The album isn't out in the UK. They they genuinely don't didn't expect any British people to actually be at that gig. And he was so pleased that we we had a full-blown conversation standing there whilst he was just Taking whatever someone wanted signed, signing it, saying thank you for coming, and then carrying on with the conversation with me. And I just stood there forever, just chatting to the guy. Um, Obviously, I have his autograph. Um, Yeah, that, that band meant so much. Still do. Just that version of that band meant so much to me. Because, for those who are unaware of Three Days Grace, very shortly after, they released their second album, which is called One X. And that album is one of my all-time favourites. Most of that album is on my Night Sad playlist. Um, It just... Oh, there's, there's... It comes down to... Because I've been thinking a lot since I've been making this. And it comes down to... If I can hear the feeling in your voice while you're singing... I care about that song that much more. 
And specifically on the album 1X, there's so much feeling in that album. It actually goes back to Cold's Year of the Spider. You can hear the anger or the disappointment or just the sadness in his voice. It makes the songs mean more. It really, really does. But essentially, what happened was, basically, they released four albums with the singer they had at that time. Again, I've, I've, I've tried to pronounce it once. I'm not going to attempt it again, because um, I don't want to butcher it. Then something happened, and they acquired a new singer. That is all I'm going to say for now, and we will come back to this story later. Now, there are a fair amount of bands that I may have known, but Real Rock introduced me to stuff that I prefer of theirs, and therefore, they're not necessarily a band that I discovered through Real Rock, but I actually listened to them more because of Real Rock. I'm ignoring most of those bands, if I'm being honest. I'm focusing more specifically on bands that I wouldn't have known existed if it wasn't for Real Rock. Now, I did say earlier that with Three Days Grace, there might have been one shining moment. That was the fact that they supported Hoopstank on their tour that I have already mentioned in my very first podcast. So if you knew that, well done, you were paying attention. But if you want to go back and listen to it, I talk about bands that I couldn't get in to see them. I had tickets, couldn't get in. And Hooperstank were one of them. Uh, We actually bought two tickets because they were supported by Three Days Grace. And they were touring for 1X. We really wanted to see them. Huge Hooperstank fans. Huge Three Days Grace fans get to see them both together. You never get that in the UK. So we want to see them and we want to see them twice. So we bought tickets for London and Manchester. And the rest is discussed in my first podcast. So you can go back and listen to that if you want. But basically, we loved Huberstank. From and I think I've said their name differently every single time I've pronounced it, <laughs> but yeah, we've we've loved them since right at the beginning, since they first came bursting onto the scene. Now my brother was slightly earlier than that. He was into their scar phase, their their, their early early stuff. Whereas for me, it was right with their first official release, crawling in the dark, running away. Out of control. Ah, I love them. I love them. They're so good. They're so good. So we would have, because at that point, and even up to now, really, we had loved them, but they had never come to the UK when we were able to see them. So that was the first time we were able to actually see them live. So we would have got tickets. Even if we hadn't have known who Three Days Grace were. And for that concert, 
I saw something I've never seen before or after, which was the guitarist for Three Days Grace used a motorised electric hand drill to play the guitar. And it, there was just, it was the, the noises. You can hear from me struggling to try and explain what it sounded like. The noises were so unique and it was just something I'd never seen before. And it was so insane. Obviously, the second night we didn't get in, so we don't know how that went. But yeah, got to see him twice. Absolutely outstanding. Fantastic. Really, really glad that I got to see them when I did. I'm being completely honest. I really am glad. But as expected, this is where it is going to end for this first part of this podcast. Now, because I've done all the setup, obviously next time I will just come straight in. We are going to be jumping two years ahead from the last time we were in Florida, which if you remember was 2003. We're going to be jumping to 2005. So keep an ear out for that. I'm loving just reminding myself of these bands and the times because I always listen to the artists when I'm doing the podcasts. So like I said, four of the five bands I listen to on quite a regular basis anyway. So to hear the stuff that I don't have on the playlists is fantastic. It just makes me want to go back to Florida again. It's not fair that it's all shut down. But it all makes sense, and I understand why. I am double-jabbed, got them immediately that I could. So obviously go out and get your jabs. And I will be listening out for you next time. 